This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Welcome back to uh, the second hour of uh, the Power Zone on Power 98.7. We're going to continue uh, with politics uh, this morning, uh, but change our attention, move from uh, the ANC and this time around rope in uh, the Freedom in South Africa organization, FISA. Uh, they are, of course, a new political party uh, founded by the Baroka Kingdom. And uh, speaking to us uh, this morning is Hoshi General Ntai Munye. He's the FISA president and the prime minister candidate uh, where the organization is Concerned, and here uh, we're speaking about uh, the recognition of uh, traditional leaders and uh, their benefits in the, in terms of uh, you know what has been happening within the traditional authority. Uh, we hear that the Limpopo provincial government is led by politicians who are the children of traditional uh, leaders. Well, traditional leaders are apparently made to beg uh, for what's rightfully theirs in terms of uh, you know their standings within the society in South Africa's makeup as we. Speak speak right now. Uh, so FISA comes through uh, this morning to also let us in on how they are positioning themselves uh, for next year's election. So we know very well that uh, they are an organization uh, that is pushing to really be organized and uh, recognize uh, the traditional authority uh, within this space and hoping really to get the best out of uh, the 2024 general elections. So you're welcome at home uh, to form part of this conversation here, especially if you are one person that is in traditional authority or who understands what's happening within uh, this space uh, who will just then give us a sense of uh, their understanding of really the benefits uh, here where traditional leaders are concerned the recognition uh, in terms of South Africa and the politics where uh, does politics uh, really you know more or less come into the space where traditional authority uh, is concerned we're on 0861 or we also there by X we go by at power FM 987 railing behind and the hashtag PowerZone this morning. General Khoshi, uh, good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Gatlero. Good morning to the listeners. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you very much, sir, for giving us uh, your time uh, this morning. Of course, uh, just drawing from uh, just a conversation in terms of uh, the recognition of traditional authority in uh, the country as we speak right now. And I think, you know, looking at what has been happening in the Limpopo province of late, we saw the debate sparked around uh, the, you know, the province buying vehicles for traditional leaders within uh, that particular space. And a lot of people then, you know, questioning the role of traditional authority in terms of the day-to-day lives of uh, people and now we're seeing you saying that there's a need to really now also put emphasis on politics where then we'll see the role of traditional leaders uh, you know apply here and and really see them having so much of an impact in terms of the day-to-day runnings and the lives of those people that they are leading let's talk about a traditional authority here in south africa it's makeup let's start with the hierarchy there it's makeup and just let us in on where they fit when we transitioned into, you know, democracy as South Africa. What is your understanding of the role of traditional leaders and how then they were made to play uh, this particular role in South Africa, moving into the whole democratic dispensation? Thank you so much for such a beautiful question. Mm. Uh, one, I must say, um, the role of traditional leaders in South Africa has been reduced to be the administrators who earns a stipend um, 
in, under, under the ANC government. Now, firstly, let me say, when uh, the colonizers took over South Africa, traditional leaders were not consulted. ANC was formed in 1912. 1994, we supported them to take over the government to help us reclaim our land. Today, after 29 years, we have nothing. We are reduced to be beggars. Uh, We are reduced to be employees. We are destroyed completely. We have no power and control over the land. So uh, what we currently uh, see is that uh, this continuation of the destruction of traditional leadership, and this time is actually the, 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 the black people, because in 2019, under the ANC government, they wiped out the black history into the dustbin by producing traditional leaders and Khoisan Act number three of 2019. What does that mean? Basically, it means all other tribes in South Africa have got no power. It's only the Khoisan people uh, with more power. So we are, uh, we, are, we, are, we are being called traditional leaders without our identity. But uh, surprisingly, the Khoisan, uh, they, 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 they put their identity here. So for us, this is a subjective process, uh, which is political, mm. and uh, we are not happy about this because they are actually mm. imposing the Khoisan on, on, on traditional leaders, more in particular on us, the black people. So mm. uh, currently what we see is that it's a mess. If you want to be uh, a traditional leader, for example, you have to apply through uh, these very same politicians. They are the ones who have power to, to, to decide who becomes a traditional leader and who's not, uh, uh, who, who does not become a traditional leader. Mm. So uh, mm. if, you want mm. to, if, if you are a king, for example, mm. let's say the Baroka. We are the Baroka a tribe. Uh, in Limpopo, one of the longest tribes in Limpopo that arrived here between 625 and 725. Today, uh, we don't have any recognition from the government. So they are trying everything possible to destroy us. So uh, why? This is because we are fighting for the two main things, for the land and and the minerals. Mm -hmm. So the process is subjective, the process of recognizing traditional leaders. Many traditional leaders are suffering in their communities. They, they grouped us into, uh, for example, one, kingdoms. The others, they call them principal uh, traditional leaders. Others, senior traditional leaders. Others, head men or head women. So this is just another process to cause uh, divisions. Because in, uh, in our different African cultures, we are just kings, uh, uh, we, we are just kings yeah. in, in, in our languages. Yeah. But they came with different terms. But again, all these terms, they, uh, they are the main people who are in charge of who becomes the king or who becomes the senior traditional leader or, or, or not. So in some cases, if they don't like you, then they, they can even withdraw the recognition. So we are not happy. You touched on the issue of uh, traditional leaders in Limpopo uh, visiting the office of the NEC mm. and uh, uh, to talk about their, 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 their concerns because they are, they've been waiting for recognition from this uh, government, but nothing is happening. So we are talking over a thousand uh, traditional leaders that are waiting for, for recognition. For example, in Limpopo, there are about 205 
uh, those that are recognized and the, the, the new applications we are talking more than 300 and then the head men and women we are talking uh, about 1,000 plus minus 1,000 so uh, many of those traditional leaders are still waiting uh, for their recognition some for the issuing of their certificates some for their for their benefits so it's, it's chaos Uh, And I also wanted to then find out from you, Hoshi, uh, in terms of how things have fared when we moved into, uh, you know, this dispensation, because you're saying that, uh, you know, more or less traditional leaders have been subjected to uh, being administrators. And we've seen the destruction of traditional leadership over time. And you've taken uh, issue with the Khoisan Act and what has been happening there. Baroka not being recognized, uh, you know, as the traditional authority within the Limpopo province. Uh, by uh, the politicians, maybe just give us a sense of uh, how things should have fed. Uh, you know, if we were to say that, uh, you know, we are sailing smooth, everyone is satisfied, and, uh, you know, the consultations happened the way that they should have happened, uh, how would you have envisioned it uh, to be uh, as we speak right now? Look, firstly, we need to accept that uh, migration happened in the past uh, for everybody. In actual fact, every tribe migrated from wherever we come from, whether Great Lakes or in another part of Central Africa, migration took place. Now, uh, colonialism find us here in South Africa. Then, um, after uh, colonialism, then many tribes were dispersed in different provinces. For example, in Limpopo today, we have many tribes. They grouped us, they call us the babies. If you look at, uh, for example, uh, what they mean there, Baroka, they are part of the babies, Bahananwa, Batokwa, Balovedu, Bavirwa. So I'm talking many tribes. So they are grouped in one bag as, as the babies. Basically, what does that mean? They are destroying our identity. Because our children won't know that they are Baroka. They will know themselves as, as the babies. So what should have happened is that, one, we accept that we are different tribes. Each tribe needs its own traditional leader or senior traditional leader, whatever you may call it. So, and then, um, if each tribe has got its own traditional leader, what does that mean? It means that the traditional leader and his council or other traditional leaders will be able to protect their land, their minerals, uh, their art and culture, their, 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 their heritage, their traditional leadership, and also their communities. So with that model, no one will complain. Uh, what I'm saying is, Baroka uh, should have its own kingdom. Uh, Balovedu should have their own kingdom. Batlokwa, their own kingdom. Babirwa, Bahananwa, Bahalaka, everyone. Bapedi, uh, Batwana, and everyone. They should all have their own kingdoms. Once they have their own kingdoms, then we form a united kingdoms, meaning all these kings, they, f- they form that united kingdom uh, at, the, at, the, at the top level with equal power, equal rights, equal resources, equal rec- recognition. Check, for example, now in South Africa, um, other kingdoms like those of the Zulus, they are they are enjoying lots of privileges than other kingdoms than, than many other uh, 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 tribes. So it is unfair. So the issue of inequality is is not solved by this government. In the past, we were talking about triple challenges: unemployment, poverty, and inequality. 
Today we are talking over 50 challenges. One of them is inequality, which is perpetuated by the same government, which which knows us better because they are like us, they are black. So um, United Kingdom is the best model that can solve all this problem. What we should do, the kingdoms should be above politics. And then uh, from there, the prime minister and his cabinet below politics should run uh, the economy. So as the the, the British uh, model, so as the Arabs, and we have an independent judiciary. What does that mean? It means now the law is no longer for the poor. Anyone, anyone who who, who breaches the law, then will will face the 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 the, 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 the law. So that's how South Africa should have. Uh, I also wanted to find out, uh, you know, maybe probably uh, this would give us a sense of how negotiations uh, went in terms of the transition here. Uh, the, the the traditional leaders, because often uh, when we go into the roles and what was happening uh, during apathy with uh, people organizing and the likes, where do we place uh, traditional leaders? Because you often you would hear, uh, you know, people like the late uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu uh, talking about uh, gathering men and women of the cloth uh, where you'd see uh, some uh, you know politicians and uh, people activists uh, hiding in churches and the likes where do we place traditional leaders where were they uh, around this time were they there and and really then uh, when you look at the dispensation of uh, transitioning into a democracy uh, then then why was their voice muted why when they involved in in this uh, particular process Traditional leaders were there. When mm. ANC was formed in 1912, mm. uh, traditional leaders were in the forefront. Traditional leaders at the time realized that they are unable to win against the colonial government in, mm. in smaller groups. Then they formed the African National Congress uh, to fight for what rightfully belongs to them, which is the land and, 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 them, and its resources. Then, uh, in the process, uh, after uh, ANC was formed, a uh, lot of things happened. But uh, in 1994, we yeah. trusted them so much that they will deliver what they promised because uh, they went to the elections with a simple ticket of uh, freedom for all and also uh, restoration. So we all expected that we will get our land back and we will all be free. But uh, uh, in the process... Because traditional leaders were no longer there, they changed policies. For example, the Municipal Systems Act of 2000, it says the land uh, belongs to the uh, municipality, meaning uh, kingdoms are excluded. So even now when you look at this, uh, what you call uh, the Traditional Leadership and uh, Khoisan Act, it still says... uh, the traditional leaders don't have power or should not be given any role of power. If you check section uh, uh, chapter two, uh, section twenty, section twenty-five, section twenty-five, yeah, uh. twenty-five, it's it's very clear. Traditional leaders should not be given a, a position of power. Uh. What does that mean? It's a distraction, yeah. and that's why we are here today. We continue to suffer. So. Traditional leaders were there, but we were comfortable. We thought the ANC is fighting for us. And uh, uh, in the process, policies were developed that traditional leaders should not yeah, that be involved in politics. Mm. And then, uh, then oh. traditional leaders left them with politics to decide on our future.
And today, look at where we are. We are suffering with our communities. There are no services. There are no jobs. Foreigners are here. They've taken over jobs and businesses, and our people are not protected. Look at the people, the number of people who are who are murdered on a daily basis. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot happening in, in this space. And at least we're seeing you coming through with an alternative here. Uh, and, and like you say, I mean, if uh, then the authority and traditional leaders were there in the forefront of uh, championing and pushing for liberation uh, through the support of the ANC, uh, then, uh, you know, maybe probably some of those clauses uh, within the constitutions, uh, the constitution were a missed opportunity. I have a Nico here, a Hoshi, who seems to agree with you around what you've been saying. I'm going to give him an opportunity to address uh, what we are discussing here and then we'll, we'll just continue further. Uh, uh, Nico, good morning. Welcome to the show. No, thanks, uh, brother. Mm. Uh, I'd like to agree with Lehoshi, mm. uh, and then, but also try to bring something also to the fore. Yeah. Uh, you know, no one can recognize you as a nation unless you recognize yourself as such. Mm. And as much as we have a government, uh, this is a new government. Uh, we also had a previous government, but we recognize ourselves. We did not depend on the government to recognize us. Mm. Uh, and why I'm saying this, uh, my brother, is because about 15 years ago, we approached Maroshi, especially in Limpopo, mm. and we sat with them, uh, all of them, if not the representative of all of them, in one meeting. And we explained this very thing to them, and we presented a document and a proposal. And we went through the right channels. And one of the solutions we wanted to, to, to provide was to say, nobody knows you and your heritage and where you come from and where you're going. We should, as we're going into the knowledge economy, uh, begin to uh, package that information in such a way that it talks to our generations that are to come and many other proposals that we're going mm. to respond to the preservation and the recording, the promotion of our heritage and our culture, and create cultural routes that are going to create jobs uh, within the context of our cultures and so forth. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, we were not looking for anything else, but for them to realize the value and the need to do these things. But nothing moved, because our, our kings are dependent on government. And they have moved away from their people. Mm. Even uh, where we come from there, most of them are staying in town. I mean, you've got Hoshi Muloto, who, who stays in town. He rarely goes to Mulich. And that's mm. one of the things that we need to discuss. Because we can't be uh, going this way and that way. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. Yeah. Uh, if the kings worked with the people, uh, both in terms of the management and the tilling of the land, uh, something will happen. Thank you. Yeah, Nico, uh, thank you very much, man, for the call. Uh, Nico calling us there uh, from Alex. Uh, Hoshi, uh, what do you make of what Nico is saying? Nico is saying that some of these issues have been raised uh, before and that especially there in the Limpopo province and uh, they fell on deaf ears here, uh, saying that it's a problematic uh, situation where you're seeing the kings, uh, Hoshi, dependent on government uh, and the likes and even saying that most of them over time they uh, seemed to detach themselves from 
from uh, the people that they are leading uh, in terms of him even giving us an example of Hoshimoloto, uh, who is not going there, where he's supposed to ensure and be there as part of a community uh, so that as they struggle with uh, their delivery of services, he too is impacted uh, so he can push and champion that there's a little bit of change uh, there. What do you make of, of, of what Nyuko is saying here? Thank you. Thank you so much. Nico, it's, it's correct. And many traditional leaders, even now when we speak to them, some of them, they take very long time to understand the basics. But some of them, uh, are the same. They, are, they, are, they, are, they are shaking because they are depending on the government uh, uh, for survival. Mm. So this uh, uh, manipulation was uh, orchestrated properly by this uh, ANC government to destroy uh, traditional leaders. Even when you check uh, the, 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 this new act, they are very clear. They don't want them to get near politics. Uh, you go to their roles, they have no roles. So it was a clear manipulation to make sure that they destroy them, they detach them from their own communities so that they can lose power and control. When they don't have power and control, then uh, it will be difficult for them unite and reclaim the land and and the minerals and that's what they did so in actual fact one can simply say that they somehow succeeded but now that we are imaging uh, let's Mm. see if Mm. uh, they will be able to sustain that yeah, I also wanted to ask you, Hoshi, then to say, where do we place uh, Contralesa uh, in all of these uh, developments and what has been happening over time? Uh, because we tend to see uh, the organization here uh, being the voice of authority where traditional leadership is concerned uh, in the country. Uh, don't we see them uh, more or less pushing for recognition and pushing for the survival of, uh, you know, this authority, the traditional authority over time? Where do we place them in, in these developments across the country? Contralesa is pushing the ANC agenda, is pushing the government's agenda uh, to also uh, uh, do this manipulation of, of traditional leaders. Yeah. If you check what they stand there for, uh, there in, in that house, uh, for example, when they removed SASA grants from different tribal authorities and community centers to disadvantage beneficiaries and to destroy smaller businesses, they, they couldn't say anything. They were quite mum. I wrote them letters. I wrote the MEC of, of Social Development letters, including the president. Uh, the contra lesser was quiet. Why are they quiet? It's because many of them are there for themselves. So they don't care about the people. Go come to our communities. There's no water. There are no services. The, 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 the symmetries are not secured. So we, we are struggling with everything. Then the question is, why Contra Lesa is not addressing that? This is because it's not part of their role. And that's why we are saying they are just doing administration and, uh, and nothing that uh, support our communities. Then, then what happens, uh, Hoshi, around election time uh, when we know very well that uh, there would then be uh, some sort of an, an expectation uh, from those in the rural, rural communities to also uh, heed to the call and go vote? Do we then around this time see uh, politicians campaigning and going to the ground uh, in these rural areas? And what do they say uh, then over the years to some of these uh, community members that have been struggling without roads and the likes 
lakes uh, water is a challenge uh, you know some of them are still uh, you know they they don't have proper ablution facilities so the, there's a lot of disconnect here uh, where then you see the politics and the traditional uh, authority or where we're seeing uh, people on the ground in rural areas where uh, these traditional leaders are operating well, what do politicians say and and over time do we see then uh, people then growing wiser uh, you know by the years as as we go by uh, to tend to see that but we vote uh, when you look at it there haven't been a little bit of a movement and and when that happens who do you then more or less confront do you confront uh, the hoshi to say that i mean you are the voice of authority here or do you then lay the blame on uh, those very same politicians uh, that would have came to your door to campaign look uh um, what what what's currently happening is that uh, we need to be honest. It's very very tough for the ruling party uh, to campaign in in our rural areas. What they are doing now, they target funerals, they target parties, they buy t-shirts, they they put photos of the deceased, and you know that's how they they campaign. But uh, generally, it's difficult. But again, because they by nature they are manipulative. They visit different traditional councils. They, 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 they give them new promises. We are going to do this for you and this for the community. And because many of the traditional leaders are not um, really, uh, I would say, academically strong, mm-hmm. uh, they shake when they see these people. They shake even when they see what committee members. So when they see a, a mayor, it's, it's, it's worse, you know. Those are some of the, the, the challenges facing by traditional leaders. But uh, we are very happy with the, the people. The people in rural areas, they are, they are fed up about uh, all these parties uh, because for the past 29 years, they were promised uh, a lot of things and absolutely uh, a little has happened. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very tough. If a traditional leader is not coming on board, for example, under Anisa, his or her community comes on board. So there will be that de- detachment. And uh, as a result, many of them will lose uh, uh, power over, over their, 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 their communities for failing to stand with the poor. People are suffering. People are murdered. They are thieves. They are robbers. You, you, you know, all over. Then if you are quiet as, as a traditional leader, then we are saying, what kind of a leader is this one? Now with this new party, uh, which is formed by uh, by other kings, then it should be easy for uh, traditional leaders to come in. And what we are also saying on that is that you, you don't need to to show up uh, to show everyone that you are in. You do it silently. We have forms where your community comes in and register. Uh, because what we are saying under FISA, we need to convert these 5 million tender jobs. There are 5 million tender jobs in South Africa. I'm talking security jobs, cleaning jobs, maintenance jobs. We need to convert them into permanent jobs with minimum wage of 12,500. So we are saying to traditional leaders, these are the IEC forms. They want us to, to, to submit 14,000 signatures and 705,000 rents. So make your community to sign to, to complete these forms and uh, as they do that, they form part of the beneficiaries because mm-hmm. um, we said uh, we, we have to, to, to come on board and help our people uh, to get out of debt. Many people are suffering. 
Many people were indebted by the system. Our government doesn't have the state bank. In actual fact, our government is not competing in all the sectors. So one of our, our, uh, our, our manifesto point is that we want to establish state-owned enterprises in every sector, including in the financial sector, where we establish the state bank to compete, uh, to, to get our people out of debt, to help people to buy homes, to build homes, buy cars and, and everything, and also to pay for their studies. As we do that, then there will be freedom. Uh, in, in this country. Yeah, I mean, we're going into the elections and uh, just before I let you go, Hoshi, uh, let's, let's, let's just mainly give us a sense of how you're approaching uh, these elections as FISA here uh, because we know very well that uh, yours, you've been uh, trying to consolidate, you've been trying to uh, speak to traditional leaders uh, and, and those within this space, um, you know, and, and, and just let us in on your approach then uh, as FISA uh, to these upcoming elections and are we seeing you really being visible? Is your voice growing louder? Uh, can we expect for things to uh, just fare differently where these upcoming elections are concerned? Leadership, we are working very hard. We are using lots of strategies. One of the strategies is kingdom strategy, where we mm. visit different kingdoms, different communities. As, as we do that, we are able to attract many people in groups. That's the, the main advantage. If you come to your community uh, with the tra- as a traditional leader, and then if you agree to what we are saying, then the community comes in and then they all join. So we join together as a community. Uh, we also use lots of strategies because FIFA uh, is not only for the, for the traditional leaders. Academics, professionals, religious uh, people, uh, business people, so everyone. So uh, including experts in different fields, including uh, sports people. So we are saying anyone uh, with special expertise who understand the FIFA, come on board, take leadership, and then you also mobilize uh, personnel within that sector, mobilize people within that uh, uh, fraternity. As we do that, we are able to attract many people. So our strategy, one, is going into every community, making sure that And when we leave the community, then we have a maximum number. And then we know that in that community, there will be no any other party that will will win elections in that that community. So we hope with that, we'll be able to to make sure that uh, we gain more numbers in in different communities, more in particular where there are traditional communities. But again, in urban areas, we have uh, leaders coming on board. Yeah. Uh, to also take leadership. In every community, we are looking for 26 people to run development. Those people also are responsible to talk and, and recruit people. So with that strategy, we are able to, 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 to gain uh, more numbers. Yeah, no, Hoshi, we wish you everything of the best. And, and maybe if there was someone listening uh, this morning and they want to form part of uh, the organization or they want to follow the work that you're doing straight into uh, the 2024 general elections, how do we follow FISA? Look, uh, we sh- can share with you mm. our WhatsApp number is yeah. uh, 071 mm. 0099876. I repeat, 071. Double zero double nine eight seven six. It's a WhatsApp number. You can call, also call us on that number. Another number you can call us. It's a zero six zero eight nine three double zero double zero. Zero six zero eight nine three double zero double zero. So you simply send us a WhatsApp there. Then we'll share with you information 
and then we know where where you are, and then we will start to work with you. And if the need arises for us to come to 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 your community, we will do so. Uh, engage the community and make sure that uh, they all join FIFA. Awesome. Khoshi, uh, thank you very much uh, for your time and we wish you everything of the best uh, where the 2024 general elections are concerned. Uh, you seem to really be uh, forthright about what you would want to see happen. Uh, you know, the role of traditional authority and traditional leaders in uh, this day and age. And I agree with you uh, when you say that uh, there have been a lot of uh, lack of development uh, within, you know, the traditional authority spaces where uh, kings, the Khoshi, uh, they operate operate in, uh, they seem to have been uh, forgotten over time in terms of the 30 years that we find ourselves in right now where this democracy is concerned. But we're hoping that, uh, you know, post the 2024 general elections, uh, we'll see a little bit of a different here and a shift, uh, something that would see then people in rural areas uh, see uh, the delivery of well-needed services here uh, and an unflinched, uh, you know, and intentional way of ensuring that they are put uh, first here. But thank you very much much, sir, uh, for your time and everything of the best uh, in the uh, rest of the year and what next year has uh, has to offer. Thank you, leadership. True freedom is coming. Thank you so much. God bless you. And thank you to those who are listening. Thank you. Thank you, Hoshi. Hoshi, uh, General Ntai Munye, uh, coming through there as uh, the president of FISA. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.